Advanced Planning Advisors, Inc., P. Robert Kirvin, Michael Moylan, and Gradient Advisors, LLC are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Centers for Disease Control and or any other government agency. Please refrain from posting reviews of your experience as this may be considered testimonials and are prohibited by the Securities Exchange Commission, SEC. Like should not be considered a positive reflection of the investment advisory services offered by Gradient Advisors, LLC, GA, and or their investment advisor representatives. This is Ready, Aim, Retire with Rob Curvin from Advanced Planning Advisors, Inc. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Rob provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here's Ready, Aim, Retire with your host, Rob Curvin. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of Ready, Aim, Retire, as usual. Rob Curvin here. Um, with me today is Tony Shore. Tony, how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. You know, considering everything that's going on out there, my family and I are well working from the home studio today and have been for a while now, but we're good. We're hanging in there. How about you, Rob? I understand oh. we also have a very special show today. We do. We do. I am not working from the home studio. And I'll tell you why. I have uh, I have all three daughters at my house right now. So the one that was living downtown, she was in Lincoln Park. Uh, so now they're all in there. And it's not really a good working atmosphere, Tony. So even though I do have a, the home office, I prefer to come into this office. There's only a couple people on my entire floor. Parking is kind of nice. You know, I'm in I'm you know front row parking. So it works pretty good. So no complaints here. Yeah, you um, get more done at the office, and since there's no one there anyway, you might as well go in. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, I, I totally agree. But today, you know what, Tony? Like, like, over the last several weeks, uh, we've we've done you know uh, yourself and and me, we've done a few podcasts, kind of related to what's been going on, you know, during you know during the first quarter, obviously with this pandemic, how it's affecting markets, how it's affecting personal lives, and and we've touched on that a few times, not only in the podcast that that we do. I, you know, we, we sent the literature out to clients. We sent videos out to clients. We've sent videos from our, um, you know, from our portfolio managers at, at Gradient Investments. So we're doing all these things to keep the constant contact because I think that's key. And today we're very fortunate, um, you know, to have live actually on our podcast. Uh, we have Michael Binger. He is the president of Gradient Investments. Uh, you know, most of my clients would, would know him. He'd actually know a lot of my clients by name. He, he attends a lot of our functions, uh, you know, comes out and, and we're pretty lucky to have him. What we're going to do is we're just going to tackle a few questions. So sit back and enjoy this one. Uh, Michael Binger, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's good to be back. I, I know we've done radio in the past and, uh, this is a podcast. So that, that's fantastic. Um, you know, I too, am a big believer in, you know, keeping contact with clients, uh, keeping them apprised of what's going on out there. Uh, you know, I think it helps and, uh, and helps people make proper decisions. Perfect. Perfect. Now, Mike, you're calling in from, um, you know, the Minneapolis area. And like, tell me if you look outside right now, is it, is it white or is it green? 
Well, it, right now, if you had asked me this question yesterday, I would have said it was it was white outside and it was snowing. Oh. Today we're about half green and about half snow, so okay. uh, we're, we're we're starting to melt a little bit. So there is maybe some uh, light at the end of the tunnel in the in the northern tundra up here. But uh, yeah, that snowfall we had yesterday took us uh, gave us a little bit of a left hook there, and yeah, uh, be, you know, we're hoping for warmer days ahead. I did see that, so I figured I should ask. So the uh, um, you know, every year at this time when I'm talking to you guys up there, uh, you know, it just never, it never fails. There's always like some sort of like April snow. I think last year there was a May snow. So it's, uh, pretty unpredictable. It's not particularly warm here in Chicago, as you can imagine, but we have no white stuff currently. Um, so what I want to do, Mike, is I'm going to ask you a, a few different things, but the, the first thing I want to ask you is. Give me, you know, coming out of that first quarter, you know, I've noted on different things I've sent out, it, it was it was literally the the worst first quarter in the history of the Dow Jones. Uh, weren't expecting that. But give us your your review and give us like your positives, you know, if there is some in there and obviously the negatives and you know, the headwinds and the tailwinds. Give us just give us a, an overview, like, you know, kind of highlighting a few things if you could. Yeah, no problem. Um, so I, I think it's worthwhile to really, you know, talk about as we came into 2020, uh, you know, as we were entering 2020, um, you know, our economy was really humming on all cylinders. Um, you know, corporate America w- was forecast to do well to the tune of about 10%, which is very critical to the stock market. Um, valuations were, you know, they weren't cheap, but they weren't overly extended. So coming into the year, I think we had, you know, when you look at the three fundamentals of the stock market, we had two positives and one neutral. So I'm going to give a positive to the economy. I'm going to give a positive to corporate earnings growth, and I'm going to give a neutral to valuation as we're coming into the year. Okay. Um, and that's the way the market really acted. I mean, in, in January and February, the market uh, was gradually creeping higher. Um, data from both the economy and corporate America was positive, and we were hitting new highs both in uh, in uh, January and February. But then, in you know, we started to hear a little bit about the coronavirus and what was happening in China, specifically what was happening in Wuhan, China. And like a lot of things we hear over time, um, you, you know, the market basically shrugged it off. Um, felt it would be contained to China. And as we sit here today, we know that's not the case. Right. No so, what, so what we're seeing is, is, is we're seeing China has, uh, you know, they were the first, you know, the, the, the first country to experience the coronavirus. Um, and, you know, they were kind of in the thick of it in January and February. And as we are sitting here in kind of early to mid-April, um, China is now getting back to normal. They really shut down their economy. The numbers showed it, and they're getting back to normal now. Um, the U.S. is not in that position right now. You, you know, our kind of explosion of, of cases really started to happen in March, early March, um, and we continue to test, and we continue to hit, you know, new case highs on a daily basis. Um, but and the ripple effect of that is we've gone through, you know, social distancing, um, you know, only essential services are open, all the things we're all hearing on the news. And what that really does is it it's really a rolling shutdown of our economy. 
Um, and if you're if you're shutting down certain sectors of the economy, you're going to hurt corporate profits. And you know, and the third effect of that ripple effect of that is that stock market valuations come tumbling in, and we've seen that correction, and it's been swift and severe. And like you said, Rob, it's it's been the most swift and severe correction we've ever had in history. Uh, right. So so that's really what we led up to here a little bit. Now, Mike, you've been around the block a lot, right? You've been in this industry, I know, for 20 or 30 years. You ever experience anything like that? Or how does that compare to to other ones? Or can you compare it? Or how do you how do you kind of, um, you know, walk people through that? You know, when they're saying this is different or, you know, things of that nature. Yeah, so there's a couple of things you can, uh, I, I mean, every correction is different than previous ones. Um, you know, and people tend to overlay charts and talk about what happened then, um, but really no correction is, is, is exactly the same. But if I think of a couple of things in the past, I think of uh, SARS, you know, that was a pandemic that happened in the early 2000s. Um, SARS had nowhere near the amount of cases that the coronavirus did, has, um, but it's, you know, the, the mortality rate was much higher for SARS. So okay. back then you saw people walking around with, with masks on and travel was shut down for a little bit and the market corrected pretty severely and um, it came back. Uh, the other one I would, you, you know, I think has some similarity to this, although much shorter in duration, was 9-11. You know, when the unfortunate events right. of 9-11 hit, I mean, air traffic shut down for, for a couple of weeks. The economy essentially was down for a couple of weeks, um, and then it reopened. Um, so that was only a couple of weeks back in 9-11. I, I, I think this is going to be a couple months in duration before things start getting back to normal here. Um, you, you know, frankly, a lot of strategists and people who look at the market, I think they're hoping for what I call a V type of recovery where where prices, you know, you, you know, where you have this swift and severe correction mm-hmm. and then you get a snap back, you, you know, almost immediately following. Right. And they call that a V-shaped recovery because it looks like a V when you look at a stock chart. Uh, I think this is going to not going to be a V-shaped recovery. I think it'll be more of what I'm going to call a U-shaped recovery where we correct swiftly and severely. In a little bit, but once we bounce back, then I think people take time to assess. And as always, some people are more positive, some people are more negative, but we go through this basing process, and I think that's going to take a couple of months before we get back to normal and the stock market begins its normal trajectory upwards. Okay, so so the that makes sense. Thank you. So the the when you're talking about this U shape, because I've you know I've heard a lot of this, and I'm sure our listeners have. So the V shape, would you compare the V shape to something like? Do you remember um, uh, December of 2018, where it really sold off there hard going into Christmas, uh, and then it really seemed to bounce back pretty quickly? Like I think even by March, it was almost you know you know back you know back to even. Is that more of a V shape or is that a U shape or what is that? Uh, so what you're talking about is you're talking about the the correction in the fourth quarter of 2018. Yes. And, and that really occurred because, because people were worried about China having a slowdown and maybe a ripple effect going through and hitting the U S and we would have a slowdown, which as it turns out, wasn't the case. But what you saw is you saw the, the, the correction was much more gradual in the fourth quarter of 2018. 
So we, it, it took us really a little over two months to go from a peak to a trough there uh, of okay. around 20%. And then it took about another three months to, to, you know, recover that. Um, but we did have, it's what I'm going to call a wide V. So it is a V shaped recovery. Okay. Um, but the, but the, you know, the bottom of the, of the trough occurred in December of 2018 and then it never touched bottom again. Gotcha. Um, and, and then we marched straight up and that was a kind of a wide V shaped recovery. Uh, I think what folks are hoping for here is a narrow V shaped recovery. And, and I just don't think that's the case. And I think we're going to have to, you know, I don't think we're going to go all the way back down to the lows that we saw in March. But I okay. think we'll go back and test some of these lows a little bit. I, I, I think we're going to have more of a basing process where the market is really in, in, in a range at some at some point, kind of not at the lows, but not at the highs, somewhere in the middle there, and it bases for a while as it assesses, are we truly hitting the apex in the number of coronavirus cases in the U.S.? Um, is corporate America coming back to life? Those kind of things. Okay. Um which makes total sense. Like the, uh, obviously everybody would like to see a V shape, you know, it goes right back up. We, you know, we have one month of pain and, you know, uh, and then we're off to the races, but I think it makes a lot of sense to say hey, there's, there's still a lot of uncertainty out there, whether it be the coronavirus, when do we, you know, how do we get back to work? How, what does that look like? Whether it be, you know, how are these, how are these small businesses going to, you know, continue to hold on, you know, we are seeing different funding mechanisms. We don't know how that really looks. So it, it would make more sense to me that, uh, um, that I guess it isn't a V shape that, that a U shape it, meaning what would you think, Mike, would you, is this like something that's going to drag out for one quarter, two quarters? Like when you're talking about a U shape, like what, what do people, and obviously we, you don't know what's going to happen. I know this, these are just, you know, forecasts or ideas, but you're, you're more of an expert on this, uh, you know, I, obviously than I am. So I, I'd be interested. I'm sure Wilson's would be too, to kind of see what that looks like. Yeah. Let, let's talk about that a little bit. So as you said, um, I'm not a pathologist. Um, I, I, I'm fairly sure Tony's not a pathologist. Um, <laughs> there. <laughs> no. And I know you're not either. So let, let's just throw that out there that, that, you know, we're in the financial business, not the scientific business. Right. But we, we can look back at, and I'm going to use China as the model. So when China went into this, it was in January. Okay. And now they're coming out and getting normalized in March. So that's about a two and a half month process where they had an explosion of cases and they reached the apex or when the growth rate started to decelerate. And what I mean by that is, is when on Monday, let's take, for example, the U.S. On Monday, we had 800 new cases of coronavirus. On Tuesday, we had 700. On Wednesday, we had 600. And on Thursday, we had 500 new cases. So, yes, we're getting new cases, but the growth of those cases is starting to decelerate. And that's really what they call the flattening of the curve. And that's what the stock market is really keying on right now. So we haven't started to flatten here in the U.S. Um, it's only about a month. I'm going to say a month to a month and a half into this. And if I use China as the model, it took them about two and a half months to kind of flatten their curve. I think it's going to take two and a half months to flatten 
the U.S. curve here. So if we started in late February, early March, I think it's kind of late May by the time we're starting to flatten and and get back to normal here. Hmm. Okay. Uh, we, yeah, and that that makes sense. Like that's you know, some of the data we look at. Obviously, everybody would like to get back, you know, back at her earlier, but uh, better safe than sorry. Uh, let me ask you this, Mike. So, like, um, before I, you know, we're we're getting some great information here, but I want to ask you, like, gradient investments, and and people, if if you don't realize this, and if you don't deal with me directly, and, and you're just a, a follower on this, yeah, I I think it was about five years ago, and I could be off on the dates, but Mike, maybe you can correct me. But when oil crashed. Uh, gradient investments at that time, you know, took advantage of that and actually created a portfolio that dealt with that. Is, is that right? Or was that created around that time or or what happened there? Yeah, that's true. And what you're talking about is back in, and it was about five years ago, back in, I'm going to say September of roughly, you know, this was, it wasn't that long ago, it was oil prices, but but oil prices crashed from $75, you know, all the way down to, you know, in the, in the 20s. Very okay. similar to where what's happening today. And this was back in kind of the middle of 2015 to the end of 2015. Okay. And so coming into 2016, uh, we, you know, we saw this oil price crash. And we saw energy stocks just took an outsized hit. And, and we felt very strongly that oil prices weren't going to stay in the 20s back then, even though a lot of, you know, big name firms, you know, in Wall Street said, oh, you, you, you know, they their forecasts tend to follow prices. So when oil's breaking 30, all of a sudden they're calling for $12 oil and $10 oil, that kind of thing. Right. We didn't feel that was in the cards. We felt that oil prices would recover, but what would recover even more were oil company stocks. And so we created a portfolio called the energy sector portfolio to capture that, to take advantage of that. That's, uh, you know, that's one of the benefits of being a, you know, a mid-sized firm like we are, is that we can be very nimble in our portfolio creation to take advantage of opportunities that present themselves in the market. Okay. Um, and and, and I remember very well. that. Yeah. It did. It yeah. did really well because I had I had some clients in it, and um, and it did really really well, and it was very timely. Um, and I guess my that's my segue into Mike. Tell us, you know, we we've seen this huge market correction. We've seen crazy things happen with individual companies. Um, you know, they use the, the they use the phrase "baby out with the bathwater" a lot of times. You know, uh, tell me what grading investments has rolled out. Um, in reaction to this, in, in, the, in that nimbleness, like, I guess, you know, without blowing everything. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know, before we get into it, there, there's certain sectors of, of the market obviously get hit worse than others. Um, a, a couple other things that have compounded this, uh, you, you know, this market correction uh, over and above just the coronavirus is that, you know, oil prices have cr- been crushed again. You know, they've gone from, you know, $60, $70 down to, you know, $25 where they are today. Mm-hmm. Um, so the energy sector is really taking it on the chin. Um, some of the leisure and travel and airline stocks, uh, as you might expect with no one flying or staying in hotels or moving around, have really taken it in the chin. Right. Um, one of the things we saw, Rob, was, you know, interest rates. Uh, you know, when markets are crashing, everyone's looking for a safe haven. 
and they, uh, you know, the, the global collective investing universe, you know, really thinks that the U.S. bond market, especially U.S. government bonds, that's about as safe a haven as you can get around the world. So they're buying those bonds, which okay. means interest rates are, you know, bond prices are going up and interest rates are, are, are going down. So we saw the 10-year government bond interest rates. Think about this. Interest rates on the 10-year government bond have gone below 1%. That's a record. They've wow. never been that low. Right. Today, they sit at around three-quarters of 1%. So for the privilege of in, in, in investing in a 10-year government bond, they're going to give you about three-quarters of 1% interest rate for this. <laughs> Yeah. But that's what happens. People just are, 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 need to find a safe haven. They'll, they, they flock to safe havens, and that's what happened there. And, and plus, the Federal Reserve was lowering interest rates, too, on the shorter end, you know, wh where they can control interest rates. They were dropping interest rates quickly, and they do that to provide liquidity into the markets because in, in corrections and kind of rolling economic shutdowns, you know, the credit markets, you, you know, where companies and individuals tend to borrow short term to keep their businesses afloat, right. tends to seize up. And, and so that's why the Federal Reserve Bank, you know, uses, and a lot of people have used the term, have shot off their bazookas, you know, where they're, where they're providing liquidity into the kind of not all that familiar type of bond markets, places like commercial paper. Um, the repo markets, you know, things that we don't really talk about on a day-to-day -day basis, but businesses depend on a lot to keep their day-to-day -day operations afloat. So when those things freeze up, that adds more problems to the corrections and financial stocks get hurt. So the point of all this is, is that there's certain stocks in certain sectors that get hit worse than others, um, that if the coronavirus and the things that cause those price dislocations tend to be temporary, uh, we feel we can take advantage of that with a very concentrated portfolio um, to take advantage of the rebound or the U-shaped recovery that we feel will happen, um, that, that, that these stocks will recover more than the general stock market. And so we created a portfolio called the Gradient Contrarian Choice. Okay. Um, and, and it's a very concentrated portfolio. It, ha it will have a maximum of 20 stocks in it. And these are stocks that we feel are trading well below their fair value in normalized times. Um, and, and that when the economy starts to normalize, these stocks will have outsized gains versus the rest of the market. And that's really what it is. It's a portfolio designed to take advantage of temporary price locations and the subsequent rebound in those stock prices that you get. Okay. So, so give me an idea of like, do you know any, like, like, like give me an idea of some companies that are currently in there. I know they, they may not be in tomorrow. I know it's, you guys are active managers, but what's, what's just so clients can say, Hey, Oh yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Like give me an idea of like yeah. somebody you might be in. Yeah. There. Let, let, let's give you a couple of names. So one of the names is, uh, Boston Scientific. Okay. So we, you know, Boston Scientific, you know, does a, has, um, you know, hips, knees, and a lot of heart medical devices and medical equipment and really supplies for surgery. Um, and during this period, they've, uh, they've said uh, that, that we would like people to put off elective surgeries. Um, so the market, the, the stock market tends to shoot first and ask questions later. 
So mm-hmm. they go out and sell a lot of these stocks. So they sold off Boston Scientific really hard. And in our opinion, the the, the surgeries that are elective um, will only be put off very temporarily, and the stock will bounce back hard. So Boston Scientific is an example. Okay. Um, Las, Las Vegas Sands is an example. So Las Vegas Sands uh, is a casino company. Uh, they have casinos in China, and they have casinos in the U.S., and as you might expect, the stock's been hitting very hard as no one's really going to Vegas right now. Right. But we're pretty sure we can't that, really you go know, to Vegas right now. No, nothing's open, right? <laughs> they shut down. So we're right. pretty sure that when that when the market or the economy normalizes that uh, that eventually people will certainly start going back to Vegas and the stock will will have a great recovery. Uh, another example is Lowe's. Um, you know, Lowe's, it was kind of thrown in with the retail category, you know, where everything's shut down. So we're just going to sell all our retail stocks and Lowe's is still open. It's deemed an essential retail store. Uh, and I think actually people, when they're sitting at home are, are going to wonder, boy, what are we going to do now? Well, maybe we should, you know, paint that room or, you know, fix this or replace that. And at Lowe's and Home Depot will actually be beneficiaries of a stay-at-home mandate in the economy. So Lowe's is an example of a company in there, too. So it's 20 names like that okay. that we feel are, have been temporarily vilified by the market right. um, that, that you said, you know, throw the stock, you know, the stock baby out with the entire stock market kind of thing, and they'll bounce back. Right, right. Oh, that's fantastic, and I think that's something that people can relate to. So you're you're picking a maximum of twenty, uh, you know, you know, different individual stocks that really, you know, the market may go down, but these are good companies uh, that we know we all we know at that one point we'll be on the other side of this virus. So you're you're kind of betting at well, when we get on the other side of this virus, man, do we get some companies at amazing prices? Is 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 in a yeah. nutshell what you're doing, right? Not that you don't do that with all of the, all of the things, but this allows you to get particularly concentrated. It sounds like. Yeah, this we're we're really point pinpointing those names that we feel are temporarily dislocated more than even more than what the general stock market is dislocated at this time. So I think stocks, the stock market in general, happens to be you know a good opportunity to buy into at this point, but I think you know, individual names are even a better opportunity to buy into. And that's what we're trying to attack those names. Perfect. Perfect. Well, you know what, Mike, I'm not going to keep you all day here. I, I really want to say, I know you're busy. Uh, and I know you, you always cut us time. We appreciate that. So I want to say thank you very much for taking some time. Uh, you know, our, our, the listeners on our podcast, are going to love this. This is great stuff. Uh, even to get the review plus like that, that nimbleness of coming out with a portfolio that everybody can relate to and say, geez, yeah, I guess, you know, whatever it is, it is, seems pretty cheap. So thank you, Mike. Appreciate you have, you know, having us, uh, you know, spending some time with us today, Tony, uh, you haven't said much this this, this uh, podcast. We'll, we'll see what the reviews are on that, and and see if we have to continue with with that theme. <laughs> Love I it, yeah. But, uh, but again, thank you for you know uh, for everything you do, and folks, you know out there, keep listening. We're going to keep updating the podcast and make sure that uh, we get the great information out to you. So have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, All right. Rob. Thanks, Rob. Thank you for listening to Ready Aim Retire. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Rob Curvin at Advanced Planning Advisors, Inc. Call 630-780-1099. 
or visit their website at apadvisors.net. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Robert Curvin offers investment advisory services through Gradient Advisors, LLC, Arden Hills, Minnesota, 877-885-0508. An SEC-registered investment advisor. Gradient Advisors, LLC and its advisors do not render tax, legal, or accounting advice. Advanced Planning Advisors, Inc is not a registered investment advisor and is not an affiliated of Gradient Advisors, LLC. Insurance products and services are offered through P. Robert Curvin, independent agent. P. Robert Curvin and Gradient Advisors, LLC are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.